Now, it's Thursday Finance with Stephen Pritchard, Certified Practicing Accountant and Financial Advisor. Good afternoon, Stephen. It is time for Thursday Finance and, mate, lots happening around today. Oh, it's pretty quiet, really, Mark, after the end of the reporting <laughs> All right, season. you just thrown me under the bus, that's right. fine. No, no, no. There's, there's always a few things happening, but it wasn't <laughs> like it was two weeks ago. So, um, um, the gold prices, the gold price is down about $20 an ounce to 2000 $263. Um, the copper price is down $168 a tonne to $8,257. And the crude oil price is down 91 cents a barrel to $88.93. That's a good start. Good start. You're hoping the, the, the refined product will fall. Um, our currency's up a bit. Um, we're at 67.96 US uh, dollars. And against the Great British Pound, we're 55. 48 pence. Uh, the euro, we're 61.58 euro cents, so it's a little bit more cheaper to go overseas. Um, not as cheap as it was a couple of months ago, though. Um, and the equity market, we're pretty much in the black around the world. Uh, the oil laundries was up uh, 50 points on the week to 6,656. Uh, the S&P 500 was up 13.2 points to 2,937. And the UK FTSE index was up uh, 126 points to 7,311. Um, a few uh, stocks of interest to local investors. Um, BHP, of course, was up 82 cents on the week to 36 dollars and I $36.32. Uh, CBA was up $1.28 to $78.69. Uh, NIB was down $0.18 cents to $7.10. And Telstra was down $0.09 cents to $3.57. So mixed bag there. Um, uh, the, the, the unleaded uh, fuel price in Newcastle was down $0.8.9 cents in the week to $1.38.3. So you can cheaper to fill up this week than last month. And the uh, Sydney was down $0.12 cents to $1.31.4. The diesel in Newcastle a dollar forty-eight similar to last week, and a dollar forty-four point five in Sydney, which is also similar to last week. So, uh, like you said, a few bits and pieces, a few but bits not and a lot. Pieces, no, no major changes around. Joining us a little bit later, who will you have? Um, we've got Rani Garner. She's a partner at uh, Turnbull Hill, and she's coming along to talk um, about taxes and death and how well, they fit together. The, well, the two things that are guaranteed in life, hey? Two things that are guaranteed in life, yeah. So she does estate planning and state structuring up there at Turnbull Hill. Uh, now, Henry this week is he, on a holiday. Is he coming back from the UK? Then maybe that's what he's doing. Oh, I'm not sure. Not sure. Not sure. Well, he's on location. That's a nice he sort was of... Working he was in the work. UK last week, so I'm not sure where he's on his... Yeah. Uh, he'll be there somewhere. Look, we're going to start with uh, Harvey Norman today, yeah. and there's some big news over there with Jerry. Jerry's made a few announcements this week. He's one made of quite which, a few, hasn't one he? One of which he's going <laughs> to keep working till he's 100, he said. Okay. And uh, so he's 80-something now. Yeah. Yeah, so anyhow, he's going to keep Well, you've got to have him. goals in life. Oh, That's right. not a bad one. Yep, he said Rupert Murdoch something or other, and he's gonna he's gonna outlast him. Anyhow, so the other announcement came from Jerry Harvey is that Harvey Norman's now joining the buy now pay later. They're going to have their own product institute in conjunction with uh, Latitude uh, Financial, which is the old GE Finance company. And so what they're going to do is they're going to give you um, at Harvey Norman exclusively, um, uh, if you buy goods of worth less than a thousand dollars, you're going to be able to pay them off at ten equal instalments, no interest. So this is a 
a direct competitor with uh, Afterpay and uh, there seems to be a few of these now popping up. MasterCard announced mm. some deal with Flexi Group last week. Um, Visa announced some other thing a couple of weeks ago. So um, Afterpay seems to be getting um, a bit of competition coming its way. It's kind of like, it's you kind of, this is kind of akin to when Uber turned up, then all of a sudden there was these zillions of, uh, you know, delivery driver organisations. I guess it's kind of the same with Afterpay, with Harvey Norman now jumping on and doing their own. Uber still doesn't make any money. Well, that's it. We've covered them in the past too. Now, speaking of uh, driving, and maybe for your delivery drivers, who knows, new car sales, uh, we're not buying as many of those? Yeah, the car industry is... the car industry or the new car vehicle sales have been falling for a while, but it was a kind of dramatic fall in August, and um, the sales were actually down by 10.1% on the previous time last year, which is a big, a big difference in new car sales. Now, the interesting thing is um, the Federal Chamber of Automotive Industries is blaming a lot of the... Uh, the new car sales falls on the inability of the consumers to, to obtain finance. Um, Is that a real thing, though? Uh, think? I, th- I think from our point of view, from the practice's point of view, um, we haven't had any clients knocked back from finance, but, but things take a lot longer. Like stuff that would take a few weeks to get approved now takes several months. And, wow. Uh, and so the, and the banks are blaming the regulatory requirements mm. that, that they have to go through to satisfy the Securities Commission. So are they saying that some some of this is sort of a bit of a lag from the Royal Commission? Yeah, so they're sort of starting the, to be a the, bit more... And the Federal Chamber of Automotive Industries okay. is saying the same, same thing. thing. So it's taking longer to get finance approved. Um, so, so, you know, I imagine you used to go into the dealer and say you want an XYZ car and, you know, they can approve the finance in 24 hours. I doubt if that's happening anymore. Okay. Uh, and while we are talking uh, loans, uh, some news for uh, BOQ Bank of Queensland and the Bendigo Yeah, Bank. so Essex filed some documents in uh, the federal court taking um, Bendigo Bank and Bank of Queensland to court over their alleged unfair loan practices um, in respect of loans that were made to small businesses some time ago. Um, so it will be interesting to see how we end up uh, with that. I mean, the last time they ASIC did that, they took Westpac to court and lost two cases. Um, ASIC lost two cases? Lost two cases. Okay. So uh, they're, they're having another cro- another crack at some of these smaller banks Yeah, the first, the first one, the judge said, the ASIC asked for an order and the judge said something like, uh, I, I won't make an order that something's unlawful when it's not unlawful. <laughs> so, like so it went on to appeal and they lost that. So they're, so they're, they're, they're going after a couple of these smaller banks. We interesting to see what happens. Yeah. And oh. then Maya retail. Um, Maya's interesting because there's, there's talk about this retail recession. Um, some broking firm, JP Morgan, put out a, um, a uh, an upgrade on Maya and the share price promptly jumped 10, 10 cents or so to 63 cents, Gee, which is the highest Maya's yeah. been for a, for a long time. I haven't, I haven't been up to Maya lately. Is there, is there any customers in there? I'm sure they've got, well, sure they've got lots. here now. Yeah. He would know, even on his way back from the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the meanwhile, though, uh, Reese Limited, they've uh, been out and about and uh, they've, they've spent a bit of cash by the look of it. Well, they've spent a lot of cash in the last um, 80 months. So, so Reese is, um, for those people who don't know, Reese is the local plumbing store that it's got the blue sign with Reese written across it, which is all around the countryside. Um, it's extremely... Uh, people who have invested in Reese for a long time have done extremely well. So they thought that uh, about 80 months ago, they, they thought they were, you know, there was no more growth opportunities in the, in the, in the, um, in Australia. So they bought a similar business in the US um, and that seems to be going uh, okay so far. 
um, and uh, in the high, in the annual results that came out, it was interesting that the, there was a significant downturn in the Australian division, and um, which they blamed the slowdown in the housing market. Um, and then what they've also announced this week that they're going to um, buy another plumbing supplier business called Todd Pipe and Supply in the UX for 160 million dollars, um, and they're just going to pay that out of the cash flow of their Australian business. <laughs> just jump change. <laughs> so they had to they had to raise a bit of money in debt to buy that. They had to raise. Three hundred and fifty million uh, in equity and three hundred and fifty in debt to buy the first year's business, but this one's just going to be bought out of cash flow. And, so and I it's guess a that, good, strong business, Reese. And I guess they're sort of with these uh, purchases, they're kind of sticking to their bread and butter. Like they're not buying a business they they've got no experience. No, so it's the same stuff. Yeah, so they're going into the business that they've been in since the nineteen twenties. Um, the the only risk, of course, is there's all these this. What works in Australia and New Zealand doesn't always work in the in in um, the US or Great Britain, as Bunnings found out. But the difference with Reese is the Wilson family of the major shareholders own fifty or sixty percent of the company. Uh, they're putting their money in. They're not taking out excessive salaries. So um, if anyone's going to be hurt, it's going to be the, the 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 executives and the owners. Oh, we don't want, we don't mind about them. You mentioned it's different. I'll tell you one thing that's different with plumbing here versus over there. It's yeah. the flush system. So oh, they it? they start with a like you, you you hit the bathroom you start with a flusher up the top a full bowl of water where they hear that water comes in when you flush it's it's completely different oh is it you've learned something today you were talking earlier before we come on how you're learning all these different things yeah well I didn't know that and finally I don't usually go and inspect and finally AMP they've coaxed a, a gentleman out of retirement oh, yeah, it's not you well, is it Stephen you're not heading up AMP no 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 I'm not in retirement so this is the second one they've got some former executive from AXA and AM previously worked from AMP from well, Barry White so they've got him out of retirement to help him sort out the, the problems they've got so this is the second executive they've got called in from outside mm. um, and then of course the uh, speaking of AMP the rights issue closes uh, the share purchase paying closes today so any AMP shareholders who want to take up some more shares uh, I think the issue price is $1.60 and they're probably trading about $1.65 so there's a small discount but that's got to be done by 5 o'clock the server <laughs> see people racing to the computers uh, on the you phone can, yeah be, but you can be paid, be paid you know you won't get a check there in time now but you can be paid <laughs> no Rani welcome to Thursday Finance with Stephen Pritchard Thank you. Hi, Rani. Hi. Hi. So, so you look after uh, drafting wills and helping with estate planning up there at uh, Turnbull Hill. Yes, I do. Yeah. So, interesting topic: deaths and taxes. Too <laughs> <laughs> inevitable. Yes. Yes. So, are so are there any um, are there any uh, taxes on death? There can be. Um, the, the old death duty taxes, uh, they have been abolished. However, I would say that while we don't have death taxes, if someone passes away with sufficient assets, you have to apply for a grant of probate with the Supreme Court of New South Wales, and there is a filing fee, and that filing fee is based on the size of the estate, but they call it a filing fee, not a tax. Oh, okay, okay. So, so, do you, do you, off the off the top of your head, do you know what? How, how large is that filing fee? Yeah. So, if you've got an estate under a hundred thousand, there's no fee payable, right. and then it jumps up. So, if you're under about two fifty, um, you're at seven hundred and sixty-one. Um, it then goes to uh, a, about a thousand, then a thousand five hundred, and then it caps out. If you've got an estate over five million. 
mm-hmm. the maximum filing fee they can charge is 5860 Gee, they'll get you no matter what, won't they? <laughs> exactly. So, again, it's not called a tax, but it is a fee payable on the size of the estate. Ah, that's interesting. So, so what other taxes are there? Or fees. Or, or fees. Or no taxes, just fees. <laughs> um, well, it does depend on what's in the estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it can be some of the taxes that need to be considered are things like capital gains, uh, if there's a, a property or shares. Um, the deceased may have had, be liable to pay income tax. Um, and if there's transfers of property, depending on what the will says, there may be some stamp duty that's payable as as well. Okay. So 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 if you're uh, named uh, an executor in a will and and, there, and there's some unpaid tax liabilities, what what happens to those? Do you do you do you end up with those, or how does that all work? Well, um, you're you don't uh, you don't inherit the debt of a deceased. However, as an executor, um, you have a responsibility to find out if the deceased um, had any tax obligations and where the fund, where the estate allows to meet those tax obligations. Because if you don't, um, you are held personally liable. So, for example, if I was the executor of Joe's estate, Joe owed the ATO $20,000 and I didn't pay the ATO out of funds, then I it becomes my debt. So it's, it's really important as an executor to protect yourself because if you take the attitude of, well, I don't need to really find out, um, it, 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 it's your own personal liability. So how, so these executors put advertisements in the paper um, and what else do you actually need to do there? So they don't really advertise in the paper anymore. That's done online. What you need to do is, um, if the exec, well, if the deceased had an accountant, that would be your first port of call. Mm-hmm. You'd ask them, um, you know, about past tax, things like that. Um, one of the obligations is you have to notify the ATO when someone passes away. Even if there isn't any tax payable, the ATO wants that person off their system, um, but it also alerts the ATO to um, that there may be tax payable. Um, so if the, if the deceased didn't have a, a, a an accountant, um, then uh, you go through the deceased personal uh, documents and see if you can find past returns, um, anything that may have a, a, a tax file number, and then you can make an application to see if there's any tax uh, payable. Oh, okay. And, and what about other liabilities, that the, you know, the, the store credit card or, or, or something? Yeah. So, again, um, if there are assets in the estate, the liabilities have to be paid first. Mm-hmm. So things like the Supreme Court filing fee, uh, solicitor's fees, accountancy fees, any liability like the credit card, if there is no money in the estate or if the, the debts are greater than the value of the estate, that's called an insolvent estate. Um, so it, it could be as simple as if someone dies with uh, a $10,000 credit card bill and they have no other assets, usually the executor is then just required to do a, a statutory declaration to whichever bank 
deserve the money to say there's nothing in the estate. And then that, that, that debt is wiped. Okay, okay. And so do you always have to apply for probate? No. If there's assets over... It, it depends on the... So what probate is, probate's proving the will. So you have all these asset holders out there who don't know who they're meant to deal with. Um, they may... And, that, and that's, you know, um, the Land Registry Office, um, Commonwealth Bank, ANZ, uh, Share Registry. So what they all do is they rely on the Supreme Court to tell them who they're meant to deal with, and that's what probate's there for. So it's really the asset holder's requirement. So if I go to the Commonwealth Bank and I say, um, I've got a will here, and the Commonwealth Bank holds less than 50000 there is, at their discretion, they may waive the requirement for probate. If you've got a property, you're definitely going to have to get probate. Mm-hmm. Um, but it depends on the size of the estate. So at the moment, I would say anything over about 35000 is uh, when probate's required. Again, if the majority of the estate is in superannuation, it depends whether they will require probate or not. Okay. So, so th- this is obviously a bit complex, so you actually need to get some proper advice on this and just... Don't go along and try and do it yourself. Look, each estate's different, um, and I guess it's like anything. If you do a lot of things, you get a pretty good understanding of when you when you can get around probate and when you can't. Okay, and so in actual drafting of the will, there's various there is various ways you can draft the will, and 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 to, does, does different drafting have different tax outcomes? Yes, it can. So, for example. If um, if I give someone a specific gift, uh, if, say, I leave my estate um, two ways between my two children and I have a property and one of the children say, I want to buy the property, um, because they're in, only entitled to half of that property, um, they will pay stamp duty on the other half. However, there are things you can do where you gift a property to one child if you think they would want it and they pay the equivalent back into the estate and you may not have to pay stamp duty. So um, depending on how the, the... The other big thing with tax is um, if you choose to have what's called a testamentary trust. So there are, if there are assets really... We've, you've got a beneficiary um, inheriting somewhere over 400000 you can put into place testamentary trusts which will greatly diminish um, how much tax that, that may be payable. So what's a testamentary trust? Uh, a testamentary trust is where a trust is created under a will, so it sits dormant until the deceased passes away, but it's very similar... Well, there are many different types. The most common is very similar to a family discretionary trust. So it works the same way. And rather than a person inheriting in their own name, they inherit via a trust where there's potentially uh, more beneficiaries. Okay. So that's quite a good estate planning tool for, for various reasons. Yeah. And and then on the capital gains tax issue, which you touched on before, um, the the principal place of residence. Um, what, what's the tax exemptions on that? If the principal place of residence is sold within two years, it is. Uh, it, there's no capital gains tax. Mm-hmm. If it's 
not sold within two years. Um, it then goes to the reason it wasn't sold. So if, if someone just decided to hang on to the property then and sold it five years later, then there'll be a capital gain from when the, from when the date of death was till when the property was sold. That's what the gain is. Um, if it's because there was an issue with either they couldn't obtain probate or there was a dispute in relation to the will or something outside of their control, then they can apply for an exemption from the ATO. Right, so if, so if someone disputes, well, that allows you additional time to sell the property. Yes, so sometimes to get a dispute through the court system can take quite a number of years, which means that... Um, the executor was not in a position where they could sell the property. Hmm. And, and the other thing people need to be aware of is is the tax issue. If you go back to your example before, if you've got the principal place of residence and you've got a holiday home and they're both of equal value and, and the, you're going to leave one each to your children, uh, one's got a potential capital gains tax liability and the other probably hasn't. So, Absolutely. So people need to consider that as well. And you can put clauses in the will to even that up as well. Mm -hmm. And then um, one of the other things is, um, which is, seems to be becoming more common, is people have uh, foreign residents as their children and foreign residents have Australian children. How does all that fit together? Um, it's becoming more tricky, is a simple answer. Um, with foreign beneficiaries, they may not be uh, able to gain the same tax advantages and exemptions that a Australian uh, citizen can. So there may be um, payment of tax liabilities of foreign beneficiaries. It's the executive's responsibility to pay the income tax and the withholding tax. But, for example, um, the capital gains liabilities uh that are available to Australian citizens um, if a share is sold, they're entitled to a 50% discount. Uh, that is not the same for a foreign beneficiary. Right, right. And the other, the other issue is what happens if you've got offshore assets? So it's my understanding you have to apply for probate in that jurisdiction as well. Yes, yeah, so you can. Again, it comes back to... Um, often when you're making the will, you can do multiple wills but that are for a jurisdiction. So mm -hmm. we have a lot of clients and they may say have property in New South Wales and they may have property in the UK. So they have an option to do one will that covers both assets or they could do a will that just deals with their Australian assets and a will that just deals with their UK assets. Depending on the country, you can get... In some countries, you can get what's called a reseal, which is where they will recognise our court and reseal the Supreme, uh, the New South Wales Supreme Court probate. In others, you have to apply uh, for probate or their equivalent. Um, it just depends which jurisdiction it is in. So sometimes it is easier if you've got a will that covers your Australian assets and a will that may cover your overseas assets. Alrighty, righty, uh, just about out of time. Thank you for uh, all of that. Rani Garner from Turnbull Hill talking death and taxes. Just a very quick one. We had a call come through uh, questioning if the tax to the estate from allocated pensions and superannuation when money goes back to the estate uh, or non-dependents. Any thoughts on that with about 10 seconds to go? Uh, 
Uh, well, with superannuation, if it's a non-dependent, you'll go. I think it's around seventeen point five percent that you're liable to to pay. On the, on, yeah, on the taxable component. That's right. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Rani, uh, for all of your insights today. Have a great afternoon. We'll talk to you again another time. Thanks very much. Thanks, Rani. Bye. There we go, Stephen. That's Thursday Finance done and dusted for another week. Okay. Thanks, Mark. Well, well uh, you'll be back with... I think you're back with Jane next week. Oh, am I? So the A-team You're is going out on holidays, are you? No, no, Jane's coming back from holidays. Jane's always on holidays. She might be with Henry. And don't start. Don't start no, rumours. All right, that's Thursday Finance done. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.